Hello, and welcome to episode 38 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. And so, we reconvene after a fortnight away, which has seen the transfer window close, an ultimately unsuccessful trip to Prague, and a relatively dull international break passed without much by way of incident. We returned to the business of domestic football yesterday at Goodison Park. While it would be premature to suggest that Jose Mourinho's second honeymoon is officially over, yesterday's result represented some toenail clippings in the bath and a nasty-looking stain in the pan of the Kazi in an otherwise relatively blissful opening month or so of the season for the happy one. Joining me, Dirk Kaiser, or Johnny as I'm otherwise known, is Mark25, who is Mark. Hello there. Dr. Bluebio, who is Donal. Good evening. And the incredibly well-lubricated Grocer Jack, who is Tony. <laughs> Thank you. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening. We're not going to let that one go. No, I didn't think he would. And we're not referring to alcohol. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> More of which later. Yes. If, you, if, if you're going to get the chance to pl- plug your chosen charity on here, you're going to pay for it. We'll start by taking a quick look at the Super Cup in Prague, which saw Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola renew hostilities in their new roles as Chelsea and Bayern Munich manage- managers, respectively. Mark, you took a trip out to Praha. Tell us I did indeed. Actually, I'm always fascinated why foreign countries choose to call a city or a country by a different name from the ones the local know it by. I mean, if it's called Praha, why don't we call it Praha? Why do we think we should call it Prague instead? It's a good point, actually. How do you do? It? How do you translate Praha? How, how well, don't just call it Praha. Well, exactly. How does someone come up with Prague? I don't know. There's a question. Good point. Um, oh, don't, but, start, um, don't start me on this thing. <laughs> I've got this whole thing with, you know, David and David. It's David if you're in the if you're English. And it's bloody Paris, not Paris. You know, and And it's Eden Hazard. It's Eden Hazard, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but Went that's over. just an ac- that's an accent. I can understand us not having to adopt foreign accents, which sounds a bit naff when the English do it. That's true. Uh, but we could at least use the same letters. Good point. But moving on. Um yeah, so the trip was, uh, I had a very enjoyable trip, and the trip was more enjoyable than the game. Um, I wasn't going to go at first, and then, like always, I sort of start thinking about tickets, and I was able to get one last minute. Um, and so I, I decided to go, but by that time, the prices on the airlines had gone up to about 800 quid just to come back on the following day. Ouch. And I never like to be defeated by the marketing chaps at Budget Airlines. And so I, I took a circuitous route via um, City Airport down to Dresden, stayed over the night before, and um, Dresden's a very fascinating place, actually. Mm. Even though we flattened it during the war, they have rebuilt it since the um, wall came down and yes. the unification of Germany. And they've rebuilt it, the sort of historical centre, exactly as it was before. And so you're walking around all these places, and they look like really old medieval buildings. But in fact, they're about five years old. They've done a very, very good job. Yeah, right. Uh, so the centre of, of Dresden, I'd recommend it. it. was great. Sorry to interrupt, but haven't they let the, didn't they leave part of it as it was, as a memorial? Well, you can, mm, uh, maybe. I didn't see that bit. I mean, uh, you can see the old bricks and the new bricks, but they've blended it in. They've made the new bricks sort of look weathered and ancient. Um, and it's a fascinating place to go for one night. And so I flew by... Um, a cheap flight from London City Airport, and then I took a very cheap train down from Dresden to Praha, down the valley of the River Elbe, and arrived in Prague midday. Met up with my son and th- two of his mates. Had lunch in uh, the central square by the clock tower. Meandered down to the game. 
which was sort of miles out of town, mm. um, about a 20-minute walk from the nearest underground station. Quite how they managed to pick that one for a European supercar final is beyond me. Sort of spurs a better lager, really, isn't um, it? In what way? It's, it's bloody miles from the nearest tube station. Oh, so it's the, the, the only thing I can come up with. <laughs> Sorry, that was really tenuous. I apologise. Uh, we, like, we like tenuous and cryptic. And cheaper lager. And um, yes, indeed. And I mean, lager in Praha was cheap. Um, which must be the attraction to the hordes of um, Scottish blokes wearing T-shirts announcing that they were there on some stag do. Oh, marvellous. Um, and on to the game itself. Um, basically, we were outplayed. Um, I mean, how we managed to get the lead twice was fantastic. It was mir- miraculous. But it felt like a Chelsea-Barcelona-type game in that we could never get the ball. Mm. And they just bombarded us. And uh, Ribery looked really, really good. He was uh, exceptional. Actually, found yeah. loads of space. Um, we, you know, we just couldn't keep up with them, basically. But you know, it was only five seconds to go, and we could easily have won that. Mm. Um, interestingly, in the um, extra time when Lukaku came on, he did look like a kid. He looked completely out of his depth. Yeah. So lots of people are clamouring for Lukaku to um, be a starter for us, and they're devastated that we've now shifted him off to Everton. But there's no way that he is our solution. And really, if, if we thought he was our solution, it would heap so much pressure on the poor chap. I mean, he's only 19. Mm. He'd probably crumble under it. It's probably better that we ship him off, give him a year or two more to develop, and uh, come back a more mature individual. Yeah. So he looked absolutely crushed at the end um, when he missed his penalty. We all got up and left as soon as the um, penalty was missed and we left the Germans to enjoy their celebrations. Mm. Well, as, and, as that, a, and that was it. Yeah. Well, as, as I pointed out in my article, we, we were on the right, one, the right penalty shootout, ultimately. Um, but I think it's actually it's a very good point. If, if we draw anything from from the game, I think your last point, the fact that Lukaku simply is not ready is, um, is probably the key thing. I, I, I quite enjoyed it as a game in terms of spectacle. The Super Cup is never exactly what you'd call memorable. Um, last year's one lives in the memory just because we got absolutely bloody hammered. Um, but I actually enjoyed this one. I thought it was a decent game of football. Um, I thought we actually coped quite well with the inevitable Guardiola team just having a, a vast amount of possession. Um, I thought, we, given how much we hammer the bloke, um, I think we should give Torres due credit for his goal, which he took very, very well, um, which was the re- result of a very nice move. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, we, you're right. We, we obviously could have won it. There was, you know, last kick of the, bu- last kick of the game. Took it, to, um, took it to penalties, and, um, and that was that. Um, Tony, your your thoughts on? I, I suspect you were probably loafing in um, in France without any Vaseline um, for the Bayern Munich game. Yes, indeed. No, I was. Um, you have Vaseline. How is Vaseline pronounced in French? Um, <laughs> uh, what is the French? Anyway, don't move on. No, I think it's more it's, important I think things to talk about. I think they just call it huile de lubrication. Oil of lubrication. Mm. 
Excellent. Yeah, we, we did get that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was just making sure that my pronunciation yeah. was up to scratch, you know, being... Yeah, that, that got answer. through. Yeah, yes. <laughs> OK, sorry. Yeah. Loud, loud and clear. Loud yes. and clear. Um, yeah. uh, I was actually loafing in Bournemouth at the air show. Uh, oh, right, OK. that was on, um, and having a fine old time of it. Um, uh, uh, and I recorded the game, and I followed it on Twitter as best I could in a completely... Um, data-free zone on mobile phones, as it was, and um, watched the game the following on Sunday when I got back, flipped through a few bits of it, and I thought we were frankly pretty damn good. And in when, just using the frame of reference of the same competition last year where we were roundly humiliated um, and lucky yeah. to get away with 4-1, if the truth be told, and, and compet- by... By a lesser side, as by well. a lesser side, and in a competition that you know y- y- you're in it to win it. So we didn't take it seriously last year. We took it a lot more seriously, as I would expect with Mourinho in charge. Um, and I thought we d- done ourselves well. Like you said, we won the right penalty shootout. We were damned unlucky. Um, we were within seconds. It's the story of Chelsea's life, isn't it? Within seconds of, of winning the bloody thing, you know, um, with a Essien against Barcelona those few years back instead of putting it into Rose Edge, you know. Um, so I think we all know how that feels. And to be fair, um, Bayern Munich seemed to want it as well. So it was, you know, it was it was a, a good game, interesting yeah. game. One of those again, like the one I've done today. You take it on the chin. And I think, actually, the, the big thing that comes out of it for me is, is those players, the faces on our players at the end, they, they, they will learn so much from that. That's, that's the, the Alex Ferguson medicine. Remember this, because you won't want it again. And it's that kind of feeling. You have to go through the bad in order to know how good the good feels. Mm. It's, um, for me, actually, what stood out was that it's... it's Albeit that we are in relatively early days of, of the season and Mourinho's second spell in charge, it's the most Mourinho-like we've looked in any of the games that I've seen. In, in that we were we were very very sharp on the counter. Albeit, you know, obviously we didn't have the ball a great deal, but we, we defended very well. Ribery, I, you know, like Mark said, I thought Ribery had an excellent game. I've I've not been entirely convinced when I've seen him before I know he is a good player but he was um, he was pretty exceptional and without him they would have um, I think they would have struggled um, Donald your 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 thoughts on the um, on the game um, I haven't dwelt too long on it since my, my impression at the time I think was that um, I, know, I know what Mark is saying that it appeared we were just completely outplayed but I didn't get that feeling on on the night, um, I, there were some frustrating patches where we could have kept the ball better ourselves. Mm. You know, I, I, I know we were playing on the counter, and we were obviously um, defending a one-nil lead and then a two-one lead. Um, so I'm sorry to interject just there. I think mm. actually that's that's the theme um, that we will come on to the Everton game. Actually, keeping the ball this season seems yeah. to have become more of an issue. But yeah. We'll come back to that, but yeah. carry on. And the other disappointing thing, in, in an evening, that, like many others, it was a Super Cup and it was you know going to be just a friendly. I, I did enjoy it. It was a, I thought it was an exciting game of football and, and well worth watching, even though ultimately winning the Super Cup is probably not here or there in, in, in the long run. Mm. Um, and Ribéry did play well. 
but I I was frustrated by the fact that no adjustment appeared to be made until late on to stop him cutting in. He, he was just always going to cut in. They seem to have counted, if you remember um, Bayern Munich's run to the final when, when we won it, it was Robin who did most of the damage that season, cutting in from the right-hand side. And we seemed to block all that off and keep him under control. We didn't do it against Ribéry, who, who continually cut in and had shot after shot. I mean, that was about the fifth or sixth effort he had when he scored. And I, I found it strange that we, we didn't seem to make any adjustments, either the players on the pitch or, or from the bench, make any adjustment to, to try and counter that. But, you know, I forget exactly how we did it late on. I think it was a change of players. I think Oscar came over to the right-hand side. He played wide right in front of Ivanovic. And I'm pretty sure it was Oscar who who was much better at, at you know, closing the space and helping out, um, uh, helping out Ramirez. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think Ramirez takes up the wrong position when he plays in that role. Um, I say that with all the expertise of someone who's never played there in his life. But he just seems to be standing five yards too deep or too far in field each time Ribéry was, was attacking the, the box compared to what other players seem to do in a similar situation. That was just my impression of it. But, you know, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the, the night. It was, a, it was a good game and it was, you know, <laughs> gut-wrenching for the, you know, the ball to drop. It could have gone, you know, anywhere else and been booted down the pitch, you know. Mm. We yeah, did, no, you know, we did, we did give up a couple of opportunities to to get the ball up, get it to the corner flag. Obviously, we were down to ten men by then as well. But you know, just to try and waste a bit of time up the other end of the pitch. You know, we've complained about it before, but some of the the long range distribution from from Czech at, towards the end didn't help. And mm. like you say, uh, it seemed to overwhelm Lukaku a bit. But you know, it was still an enjoyable evening's football. No, absolutely. Um, well, and to be, you know, we, sh- we should also comment that to be in two consecutive two consecutive Super Cup finals um, is by no means a bad thing at all because it um, getting there is um, is what it's all about. So um, I think we should obviously give give the team credit for that. Um, anyone have anything else to add on our little sojourn in Prague? Speak uh. now. Not really. I, I, I'll just go back to what I said earlier on. It was an honourable defeat against a very good side. And I think in that one game, it's kind of shown where we're heading. And we're heading back to that kind of confidence and um, not going into a game. You know, We went into that Champions League game as underdogs, very much so against Bayern Munich. Uh, an almost complete reverse of the last time... I seem to remember we played them once before and beat them 4-2 and Lampard scored a wonder goal um, uh, where the boot was on the other foot and we were expected to win that game and then it's it's back on it. And I think it's probably shown just, for me, the kind of Mourinho effect it's had. There, there's, there's already an air of, you know, boy, are we going to be good about the side and about the, the players and everything. And I think that's quite nice to, to have. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think uh, the, the last thing I'd say is that uh, 
it's obviously a privilege to have played football in a city that's um, famous not for one defenestration, but two. And uh, I think, you know, that's that's a standout fact about Prague that uh, I always think of to, you know, to think about. Um, I'll be back in a minute. I'm just going to go and Google that word. Chucking, <laughs> chucking someone out a window. Chucking someone out a window, yeah. Defenestrating. From ah, the French. From the French. Fun. There you go. Yeah, I, knew, right. I knew once we got you onto French tone, you'd I'd be, be, fine. Thank you'd be you. on solid ground. <laughs> yeah, they've had two defenestrations in Prague, not one. So, we'll carry on. So far, we've had history, tra- <laughs> travel, football. Yes, indeed. This is, this is, this is culture. It's, quali- it's quality stuff tonight, yes. it really is. I'm, yeah. I'm most uh, impressed. The, 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 the one show could learn so much from the way we approach this. <laughs> in fact, I'm, in I'm fact simp- perhaps that's why the English are a little um, uh, reticent about calling it Praha, um, because I believe the second one triggered the Thirty Years' War and, and you know all that sort of stuff. But uh, obviously, if, if you pronounce it Praha... It sounds much more like the sound you'd make if you were being defenestrated, as in you'd be going, "I fucking hate Praha." You see, whereas anyway, <laughs> actually, one thing I did notice: the locals were a lot more friendly to us than they were to the Germans. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay, I couldn't but think why. It, it, well, no, but it, it's nice to go there and be more loved than um, the others because they're hated so much. Yes, but I it's true. The Germans possibly and people from further east as well would be generally fairly unpopular there. But yeah. Anyway, we, we soldier on. We soldier on. Well, excellent work, chaps. Thank you very much for that. Um, we, briefly, I mean, the transfer. We, we'd done all our business in terms of the transfer window by the time that Arsenal were, were throwing vast amounts at a man with some umlauts in his name. Um, Obviously, Lukaku went on loan. I think probably the key loanees for us are going to be um, the, the likes of McEachran and Chalabar and, and Co. Who will I think I can't remember when the championship window closes, but I think it's next week. Um, it's three years to the day since McEachran made his uh, debut. By the way, really? I just throw that one in there. Okay, well, he was playing for the reserves again yesterday. I think he scored. He scored twice, as far as I'm aware. Hmm. <laughs> So, what, with the under-21s under or with the reserves? No, he's, he's over 21 now, isn't he? With the, yeah, with the reserves. I think, oh. I think they played Liverpool yesterday. I, I was right. vaguely following on my Twitter feed. But, um, mm. but yeah, I suspect he, um, he, he and Chalabar will be the key loan, the key loanees this, um, this season. And um, we, um, we will try and follow their progress because we're, we're slightly shit at this kind of thing we we need to improve and up our game in terms of following low knees and um, our younger players and so forth but um, all 432 of them well yeah this is it there's quite a lot of them and there are any number of very splendid accounts on Twitter who do the job far yes. better than we yeah. ever could um, so we will move on to Everton the, the only thing I'd say about the transfer window uh, JD is uh, there seems to be some dispute or, you know, not dispute, I suppose, but people... Am I right in thinking they did try and move Demba Bar out when they brought Eto in? And the, well, um, the idea was to keep Lukaku as... It was slightly different. Know. He was he was due to go to Arsenal on loan, according to Mourinho. Um, mm. And the minute Arsenal signed Ozil, 
Mourinho pulled the plug and said all of a sudden he could see that Ozil was going to make them um, contenders, which is damning them with the faintest possible praise in some way. Well, that one player makes you possible. But does Mourinho have that have that much control that he can tell? them to pull the plug it, uh, you know, he, he seemed to word it that way I mean I, I guess we'll never know but he, he did seem to imply that you know he'd said whoa that makes a bit of a difference to Arsenal so pull him back and I, I think Bar you know slightly unfairly treated I think you know we're, we're, we've hardly got a dearth of fantastic strikers at the moment and um, you know he's, he's done I think we have got a dearth of fantastic strikers is what you're saying May, well, could correct you there, Tony. Oh, right, okay. But I think we've... <laughs> we haven't got a wealth of them. We haven't got a wealth <laughs> of them. And, and I, I think, you know, Barber's he's been treated a bit unfairly, really. I mean, he's not really done much wrong. He, he may not be, you know, a Lewandowski or a, a, a Falcao, but he's got a decent goals return. He, did, You know, he was always second fiddle to Torres last season, and you have to wonder, and that begs the question as to why. Um, you know, he can be... A, a, appear a bit gangly etc but so did Drogba so I, I'd stick with him give him a chance we seem to do we seem to be too eager to shed strikers because they don't rattle in 31 goals in 15 games ridiculous attitude fair point um but I just, we'll, we'll, we'll briefly muse on Bar. I, I just don't like he's not a very good footballer in in very simple terms he's excellent the way I'll illustrate it, um, his goal against United in the the Cup replay last season was case in point. Absolutely brilliant when improvising and very little time to think, but giving the ball to run at anyone and actually do something, absolutely bloody hopeless. He's a terrible, terrible footballer. A good goal scorer, but a terrible footballer. That's my four penneth on him. Um, and yeah, whether he sees that much action this season or not is anyone's guess. But yeah. we shall see. We shall see. Um, but we will move on to Everton yesterday. Um, I think given um, it's it's one of those games where given given all of the omens that were, were stated beforehand, with the benefit of hindsight, it was always going to be a bit of a. A, pot- a potential nightmare, you know. Mourinho has never been beaten by Martinez side. He's never lost at Goodison Park, and bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Well, all these things are all very well and good, but eventually such records come to an end, um, which he did yesterday. Um, I thought we were decent in the first half, and uh, just guilty of sloppy finishing. Which, whether you take it out on the individual or you just view it as sloppiness after international break, and and just a general lack of sharpness, which I think Mourinho picked up on in his um, his post-match comments and interviews. Um, Eto in particular just looked like a man who hadn't spent very long with us, as far as I could see. Um, and although they did insist on endlessly not hoofing it, but knocking long sort of diagonal balls up towards him when he wasn't in any space, and you know. He was quite heavily marked, and that just that that well, we were choose that. to be off something chronic. They just kept knocking the ball long, like we, hitting hope. It was just yeah. We were doing that with um, with Schurl at um, United when we played with mm. with no strikers. There there was that sort of very deliberate sort of long, low diagonal ball that yeah. you'd sort of hope he gets onto one in ten and, and creates a vague chance, but. 
But, but it wasn't, you know, Distan and, and Jagielka were never leaving the space behind for him to run into onto a ball. They, they were always sitting deep. And it was just, you know, Jagielka and Distan are going to sort that out all day. Mm. You know, it was, uh, it was very frustrating to watch. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why or what made them think that was going to work, but seemed to be something they resorted to too early in the game. You know, and this was before there was any sort of desperation in it. Mm. It seemed to be a ploy that they decided was going to be used and no one stopped using it, even when it became blindingly obvious that Eto wasn't getting a yard on anyone anywhere. I just uh, couldn't yeah. understand it. I mean, he's not, he's not played for mm. best part of a month, so he's not going to be exactly what you call Matt Sharp. Mm. Um, Mark... You're, you're likely to have a, a sagely set of views on this. That's very flattering of you. Well, well you know, one tries. We're, we're in a good mood tonight. It seems to all be flowing quite well, so... Yeah. Give us your thoughts. Well, um, I mean, to be Did honest... Did you go? Though, Sorry, Mark. Did no, I didn't, no. No, okay. Um, I haven't really got into this season yet. I'm sort of... I'm a bit like the players. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still in pre-season <laughs> mode. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, yeah. I mean, yesterday I was sort of watching the cricket before the game. And then the cricket came to conclusion during the first half. And it's most unlike me. I mean, I'll never miss a second of Chelsea. But when I looked at my phone and I saw there were three overs to go, I turned over <laughs> and, and missed three overs worth of Everton-Chelsea. And England won the cricket and um, had a really good final over. And when I flicked back, you know, the score was nil-nil. So I didn't feel too bad about it. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm sort of... Um, I'm not too worried really about what's going on so far. I mean, it's it's early in the season; things haven't really warmed up, and um, you know, it's a bit like baking a cake, really. Having watched the um, Bake Off program in the last few weeks, well, we've just about got the ingredients out the fridge and on the worktop. Um, there's no <laughs> there's no cherry up front to put on top, so we're going to have to improvise and do a bit of creative icing. Um, but you know, people are sort of. I think people, from what I've read around various places, people are trying to ready. <laughs> Gentlemen, compose yourselves, please. People are trying to already ex- extrapolate what's going to happen. They're sort yeah. of saying it's going to be a rubbish season, or don't worry, Mourinho will turn around; it'll be a fantastic season. It's too early to taste the cake. You know, it's the, the ingredients are on the worktop. It's so. It's, it's not I, yet, is it? I'm going to relax for a bit, and um, I think. Over the next five games, I think before the next international break, we'll be able to tell a lot more. You know, oh, we've got five as many games as that we can have. I think so. Yeah. Have oh, that's good. That's it's one nice. or two Champions League games. It's um, yeah. run-of-the-mill games like home to Fulham and away to Swindon. We'll have a better flavour of uh, what the cake. It'll be in the oven by um, six weeks' time or six <laughs> games' time, and you'll be able to see whether it's rising or not. Mm. And um, we'll have a better feel for it. No, I mean, I bas- you know, basically, I mean, our squad is at least as good as last season, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, oh, it's, it's improved. Better. It's better. Okay, well, let's say it's better then. And and if Rafa is as crap as everyone suggests, and if the holy one, oh, sorry, the happy one, is um, as good as everyone makes out, and it's a better squad, all we can hope for this season is more than one trophy and better than a, than a fourth-place finish. If it's any worse than that, mm. with a better squad, you've got to put it down to management. There's nothing else you can put it down to. Tough. 
tumbleweed blows down. No, I, I'm, I'm just pondering that for the moment. No, I think this is a defeat against a side that we've generally had a good record, reasonably good record against, especially under Mourinho. People are, are looking back at, at Mourinho's first spell in charge um, against a manager who, you know, who we've, we've had a good record against in recent years. People, people are just automatically expecting a win, and I think this is it's going to be a pattern this season. And how it will play out is it will be very interesting because I think this, or to me, amongst amongst our fan base, there seems to be a, a general feeling is that well, Mourinho's back, everything's going to be fine. Well, actually, fair enough. Yes, he will get results where we may not have got results in the past, but. There's a lot of new players. A lot of the older players who he'd relied on previously are, you know, they're not going to be be able to play regularly. We are officially a team in transition, if you choose to call it that. Um, to suggest that everything is going to be fine is, I, I think, a little far fetched. And also to sort of leap on it as, you know, yesterday as evidence that Mourinho has lost it and it's all going to go horribly wrong is, is nuts. It's, you know, like you say, it's far too early. Um, but I do think there are, there are lessons to be learned. I thought in terms of Everton's goal yesterday, I thought, I don't like having a dig at Lewis because I always have a, well, I've had a dig at Lewis in the past. I thought he was a, he was a bit shoddy yesterday, Overall, um, I think he's better next to possibly better next to Cahill than he is Terry. I don't know. I that's that's just my individual take on it. Um, but I thought, in terms of the goal, Czech should have claimed that ball mm. straight away. It was it was a reasonably inconsequential ball to the far post which floated in. It was by no means direct or, or well hit. It just floated in. He should have taken it. He really should have taken it. Um, and so blaming Lewis for, for going out and not marking his man is possibly a little disingenuous. I thought it was a goalkeeper's ball who sh- and Czech should have had it. Um, any, anyone else care to offer thoughts on, on how we dealt with that? Because it was very unmarino like in terms of referring back to... <laughs> Back to well, the past. The, the goal? Yeah. Uh, well, let's I, 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 give a quick plug to the blog here, um, www.chelseafcblog.com, where I've done and a, 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 a very fine report. And I've done a report on it, and and, and I, I've, I've said along similar lines that it was very un-Mourinho-esque, and um, I found Jamie Redknapp's uh, punditry that it was, you know, down to David Luiz, frankly, insulting. Um, four four players were there to blame for that. Five, if you include Petr Cech. Um his clearance was schoolboyish, stupid. Should have stuck it in row Z. There were thirty seconds of the game left, um, and Etu didn't play his part particularly well in that by letting by losing the ball in a kind of unforced error. Um, and well, Ashley Cole, Ivanovic, Terry, and Louise, they all got it a little bit wrong. But you know, Everton worked it well they worked it well and I think we're st- it's just too easy to jump into Alan Hansen mode and go oh you know it's the defenders again shocking you know and they they worked it well and you could see it coming it was a sloppy mistake and I, I would imagine and I, I, I am imagining that Mourinho went fucking ballistic over that 
um, because it's just so unlike a, a team of his to to do that in the dying seconds of a game. I can understand it under previous coaches, we, you know, and it is a trait we've had. You know, we we threw away God knows how many two goal leads last season in the in the death death of a game or whatever, um, and we let bloody QPR beat us in you know by, by sitting back and, and not doing what we do best. Mm, um, yeah. In essence, I. I Thought Everton were a good side yesterday. They may have punched above their weight for one game. I don't know. As, as Marcus alluded, the, the season isn't old enough to be able to tell. I feel very similar in that I feel still feel a bit pre-season. Um, hopefully that will change after I actually attend Stamford Bridge next week for my first game against Fulham. About and bloody time. Bloody yes, it is. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, when you live in la vie française, you have to you know make certain sacrifices. I I do think that Everton. Um, have got some very good players. They didn't seem to miss Fellaini at all yesterday. Um, mm. I think the Gareth Barry loan is a wise move, even though I think he's as you know there, there are a few, few players as slow as him on the pitch. But he seems you know he, he certainly saved a certain goal from Etu with some last ditch defending. I, 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 it's 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 blowing smoke up his ass to a ridiculous degree because it's not accurate. But he was Balak esque yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, he he just got in the way at the right time and, and yeah. just pulled those those yeah. great little sort of breaking up play fouls <laughs> that aren't quite fouls, so you can't get a card for no. it. Oh, no. he, I think I think he, he, he also well. committed enough of the straight on going through the player fouls to have earned a yellow card. I guess, yes, yeah, I guess, seriously, I'm not. We didn't lose because of Howard Webb or anything like it. But I, I seriously, I don't really question the cards he gave Chelsea. But I, I could not, for the life of me, understand the excessive amount of forbearance. Gareth Barry committed two or three fouls that were a yellow card in any game, and our players rightly got yellow carded for. I, I to this day, I will never know how Gareth Barry got through that game in that yellow card. It just seemed to me to be, uh, you know, almost craven. To, to decide to keep giving him another chance because no other player on the pitch was given that sort of leeway and he 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 was guilty of at least two or three fouls which were yellow cards not not serious dangerous fouls but yeah. fouls that that were as, as someone as you pointed out Tony you know he brought the Man City technique and yes. you know, most teams practice at some point but City brought it to a, yeah. a level That's last season of, of just Making sure if you're if they're about to run onto your back four or they're breaking the game open, they go on the deck. Yeah. And mm. you know the answer to that is you, you expect to take a yellow card, so you can only do it so often. Yeah. I, I you believe, get away with it forever. I, and I believe you do it. The, the, you do it smartly. Uh, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, Tom, but yeah. the, the conversation I, I use the term advisedly that you've had with um, the Evertonian on the blog. Mm. The whole point about it is is that, that Lewis's foul. Is not a red card. It's a yellow no. card because it's it's too far back. It was a tactical foul. Yeah. And yeah. All right. It's sneaky. It's a bit underhand. But you do it in an area like that. It's not a red card because you're not denying an obvious yeah. keyword goal scoring opportunity. You do it thirty yards further down the pitch. You're in trouble. Yeah. But where he I mean, I didn't get the Barry worship. I, I thought Naismith was was their outstanding player yesterday. Yeah. Not only because he's not because he scored the goal, but because he along with Coleman and one other who I can't be quite sure of, kept, you know, kept closing Hazard down, particularly in the second half. You know, Hazard rarely got 
the space and time to do any real damage and ended up running up these blind alleys with Naismith just closing him out. And, you know, I, I thought he, he more than anyone personified what, what got Everton the result yesterday. Um, yeah, I thought... Um, oh, God, Hazard... Hazard um, he meandered a bit yesterday. He annoyed me because he just... <laughs> He he try, he's trying to do too much. You know, when, yeah. when the game's going against, but his technique for doing it is very good, though. I oh, mean, he's, he is, yeah, he's, he's very difficult to knock off the ball. He's yeah. got extraordinary skill, and he's and you know, I am in no way likening him to the player whose name I'm about to use. But just in terms of players who you've seen who are virtually impossible to knock off the ball. He, it's a bit Maradona-esque. He was yeah. one of one of those players that you simply could not knock off the ball and. Hazard has that in spades, yeah. but the point is, is he just fannies around too much. And there were there were points yesterday. He he sort of meandered across across the field, and he, he beat four or five players, and ended up passing it back. There was just no yeah. directness. There was no no end product, and it's incredibly you know. But there, there were times yesterday where he drew he drew three or four players to him, didn't he? Yeah. Which means that there must be There's an enormous hole, hole somewhere. Exactly. And his job then is to move the ball quickly away from him and away from those three or four players. Mm. And, you know, as I say, this is... I'm not saying I, we shouldn't be playing, etc. I, I just... Yesterday was typical of you can never do anything but admire his technique and, and the skills and remember that he's young. Um, yes, exactly. But, you know, that that sort of summed up some of the problems I think that that team is experiencing in this early part of the season. There are some very very talented individuals in that team, mm. but at the moment there, there's no tempo, there's no rhythm knitting them together. You know, the, yeah. the understandings aren't there. You can see people making runs and the player looking the other way. You know, and you just think that the ball was there to be played. And they play a, a simple ball or, or get tackled, or you know, it's it's quite frustrating to watch at times. You know, well, uh, bearing in mind that these things, you know, it's a, a process you yeah. go through. I think I, I thought yesterday was typical of yeah. that type of thing that's happening to that team. Uh, they're, they're running up too many blind well, alleys think, too often. Um, yeah, and I think I think I've alluded to it on the report and said, you know, trying to overplay it a little bit. You know, there was um, Juan Mata, Juan Mata, sorry, um, and he 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 seemed. If anything, a bit over eager, almost like he was just trying too hard, and so therefore it wasn't coming off. I think all of our creative Herberts um, had, had had a similar kind of issue yesterday. My my biggest worry from from yesterday, if it is a worry, and I agree with Mark, you know the the, the, the ingredients are still you know on the on the top of the kitchen work workspace or whatever being kneaded into shape or whatever. Um, was this uh, was uh, Sherla who I. Now has, has had several opportunities, has blasted things over the bar, um, and just I don't know. Marco Marion was absolutely slaughtered for less mm. last season, and I, I, I'm slightly well, worried about him. That he, he's he's not, a bit Kalu-esque, isn't he? It's, yeah. It's, again, he's quick and he's tricky and, and he's difficult to play against. But actually, the end product yeah. so far. Mm. Um, and, and the I, odd cross here or there has not been yeah, terribly I, I, great. And I, I sorry, sorry to interrupt, yeah. Tom, but uh, d- just to quote 
Mourinho after yesterday's game, you know, he, he's kind of summarising what we're all saying here. If you don't score a goal, what you create means nothing. It's a simple story. You have to put the ball in the net. Artistic football without goals is no good. We didn't yes. have the killer instinct. And that, that's that's what we've just been rambling about. That's basically yeah. it. Yeah, effectively. Um, I just want to do want to big one player up who I thought... Um, uh, you know, we had the obvious ones for Everton. I thought Ross Barkley was their standout player, and, and, and what he a looks, looks a talent, doesn't he? He does, and, and there was a few players. eyebrows raised at his call up into the England, uh, you know, into the England scene. But I, you know, he looked like a boy or a young lad who 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 had got a massive fillip just from that, and, and played really well. But from our perspective, and he stood out for me all through the entire game. In fact, to the end, I was almost compelled to watch him. Was John Obi Mikel, who I thought did what McAlee did and some yesterday he broke the game up he looked calm uh, he committed one foul at the end I think which was he got a yellow card for but you know he stopped someone getting through so he took one for the team mm. and uh, for, for a guy who was allegedly on his way to Fenerbahce or Galatasaray or any other number of clubs I hope I, I hope Mourinho saw the same as me yesterday and thought yep that's what I want him to do um, well, he's, he does it. He does it yeah. so much. He yeah. does it, and he does it so often, and, and gets. gets yeah, the other thing he did yesterday was, I think, more so than say a few years ago, was he he really <sighs> played the ball back, and he really played it square. If there was a player on the pitch yesterday, apart there was him and David Luiz, and the one bit that, particularly in the first half, that I thought this is different. This is what we need to do more of. Was there was less shunting the ball from one side to the other and there was more sort of Louise either breaking past the player and then putting the ball through on the ground into matter or someone playing in that hole behind you know the the front player and the other player who was doing that all the time was Mikel he played an awful lot of very direct balls that took out the Everton you know press because they were pressing quite up the pitch and they were getting the ball to Mikel, and he was putting the ball between players through that press, um, and we just didn't make enough of those chances. And him and Louise, I thought, did that really well. Ramirez can't do that. Lampard, of course, can, but wasn't playing. But to me, you know, yeah. Mikel had that sort of... He, he played further up the pitch as well. You know, he will get forward now in this sort of... Diff- it's a different role to the McAlealy thing in that you can use him further up the pitch and I, I thought he had a good game I thought he had a good no game. I did um, I th- Ramirez is an interesting one because he mm. I've, I've not looked at the, the the stats for yesterday and obviously they can only tell you so much mm. but he's been interesting and I can't remember who it was it was a review somewhere and, and they sort of jokingly said you know he's becoming a bit Xavi-esque in the sense that he's just ticking around in the middle and just passing, 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 passing and the first, I think the, the, the games against Hull and Villa which obviously are you know, kind of a slightly different thing from Bayern Munich and possibly even Everton is that he's just sitting in the middle and making it tick and he's, it's all short short passes, five, ten yards it's nothing terribly creative but he's just moving the ball about He did make a very nice pass to Etu who yes. um, managed to he- put his head wide and actually I was quite shocked for that I think that's the first ball I've ever seen Ramirez pass to a man <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I'm not anti-Ramirez I just don't think looking at the way they're playing at the moment 
that they, they're really getting a tempo set that they can maintain. They did it a bit against Hull, you know, first half against Hull. But ever since then, you know, that, not that they're playing every game badly. I just mean that they're, they're relying on, you know, individual skill on teams sitting deep or whatever. Mm. But we don't seem to get a, a rhythmic sort of tempo of, of moving the ball and, and breaking through and getting chances. It's, it's all, it's all happening. You know, they look sound enough moving the ball around at the back. They, they can, as you say, make the ball tick through midfield. But, once it gets in that final third, it, that it's not happening in a way that's causing teams to scramble enough. You know, yes, we had enough chances yesterday to have won the game, but yeah, um, you know, it's 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 still to me, you know, disjointed. Which, as you rightly say, transition and new players getting to know each other. But you know, the Oscars and the Matters and the Hazards have had a season together, and I don't know. It's uh, yeah, maybe, think- maybe it's learning new systems. Uh, I, I, I don't know, but it's it's not. Our issues. I think if if you have to if if you're doing a a kind of a four or five game report, the issues you would pick out is is the odds. You know, it's silly goals. It's kind of the goals we conceded a bit a bit a bit scrappy because we d- we didn't look particularly organised at the back, and whether it's a mistake by the keeper or the centre half or whatever. Um, Midfield looks fine. It, 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 there, there's enough there in terms of who we can put on the pitch, be it Mikel, be it Lampard, be it Ramirez, that it all ticks around. But it's that it's that final third, and, and not just talking about inability to actually put chances away, but it's actually retaining the ball in the final third. Seems to be like it, it it's going to be something we need to concentrate on we've got a huge amount of talent you know if you look at you know oscar as doesn't struggle to keep the ball so you know we, we maybe leave him out of that but actually to use it a bit more efficiently but actually holding on to the ball in that final third um would seem to be what we can pick out of of very early days Mm. Um, as as the issues now we are we are running up to our time and we have a couple of other things so if anyone has anything brief to throw in on Everton and the last couple of games in general then please do so yes I loved the go on um, I loved Mourinho's uh, shit or bust gambit taking Ashley Cole off and bringing Torres on yeah it was um, good to see a bit of Nice to see someone actually think, oh, fuck it, we've got nothing to lose here. Let's, let's go for let's, it. Yeah. Let's go oh, for I, it. Thought, I thought the team lost its shape after that. It, you know, it, I, it, I, I'm not playing, I, to be honest. No, yeah, I, I, I thought, well, I thought, no, but, uh, I thought I'll, I'll, it was a bit rubbish. I'll, Anyone can do that. I mean, no, basically, no, I, 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 Everton were just going to hold out. All right, everyone stop shouting, yeah, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, Everton just had the bus behind the ball. And therefore, there was no danger of them attacking us. So we could easily play three at the back. So it's... It's a bit of bravado. It's Mourinho getting his cock out and saying, look how big mine is. Look, I can do this. I can take a defender off and bring a forward on. And everyone gets delirious about it. But the end of the day is, we lost. Under Rafa, we won at Everton, the only team to win there last season. This season, big cop Mourinho, we lost. So let's just face the facts and stop deluding ourselves. I, I totally couldn't disagree more. I thought it was... you. you, you 
we've I've sat here and criticised managers before because they've done nothing and they've sat on their hands and sat on their asses and Benitez did that more times than he didn't last season. Um, he sat there, he made some t- awful tactical errors at times, and I just just for once want to see somebody with a bit of balls I want to see someone get their cock out like that and say do you know what fuck it let's have a go at this one um, what else have we got to lose here we're losing the game we're not getting anywhere at the moment I thought it was it was uh, a brave I think it takes a certain verve and a certain amount of confidence to say yeah come on let's, let's go let's go through at the back apart from but wouldn't, wouldn't you agree Tony? no I, 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 I do agree that, that there was to some extent we were, we were dominating possession um, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have brought on a more attacking player and taken one off as they only had Morales or whoever it was up front after their substitutions. It's not that part of it that concerns me. Uh, so it may not be uh, a Mourinho issue. But once they brought Torres on and went with three at the back, however the team ended up configuring itself or however players felt they were supposed to position themselves, from almost that moment on, Everton started to get a higher and higher share of possession, such that towards the very end of the game, when you would have hoped, uh, a bit like Bayern were doing to us, we would have been you know, putting up the Hail Marys and hoping for something to, to bounce around. We spent the last sort of five minutes, in my memory, uh, desperately holding off Everton. It's a bit, it's a you know? and, and, and why that happened... It, that could have been because Everton made some clever change, but it did seem, in my view, to occur at the time he brought Torres on. Now, I'm not blaming him. I'm not blaming Torres. What I'm saying is the team completely lost its shape and no one seemed to know who was meant to be doing what by then. I think, and I, I don't think you can have that happening. Just just, just as a, a point to, just to try and summarise this, and I, I sort of agree both in the sense, that, Mark, you're absolutely right. Yes, it is. You, 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 it's the old. Yeah, take the defender off, throw a forward on. Well, we can all do. Well, any football manager can do that, but whether it actually works or not. But I think there's a degree, there's an element of risk about it in the sense that they still had Barkley. They they were getting a reasonable degree of possession in the middle, and with players like Barkley and Morales on Morales, Morales, whatever his name is, on the pitch. There's still the ability to to catch you out if you stick a diagonal ball over or a ball through. If you only have three at the back and and not a dedicated fullback as such, you're still you you could potentially get caught out. So there's an element of risk about it. But fair play to him for trying. And I think yeah, we were at the point where well, let's give it a go. Let's see what happens. Um, and I think we were a little bit shoddy. And I think maybe that's something that that kind of comes with a degree of practice in the sense that we've got to work on if we are in the position where we need to chase a game we need to be able to work on taking a full back off going three at the back changing formation which Chelsea under Mourinho were always very very good at if you go back to his first spell in charge um, the West Ham game where I think it was our second season where we won won the title for the second time the West Ham game one nil down. Um, useless Portuguese chap. Can't remember his name. Got sent off. Manish. Manish. That's it. Got sent off. <laughs> Sorry, useless Portuguese. <laughs> yeah, I don't, useless Portuguese chap. Can't remember his name. Um, and 
shifted, you know, Mourinho shifted the team around and we went sort of 4-4-1 and were absolutely fantastic. It was one of the best tactical switches I've ever seen because we were terrific. McAuley played one of the best games I've ever seen him play and, you know, that's that's no small degree of praise for, for a player like that. And I suppose it's just about practising, yes, if we do take a full-back off, stick a striker on, move people around. Because, he, I mean, he's, he, as far as I could see, I, I couldn't really tell from the TV, but he sort of shifted Mikel and Louise around. I think Louise went forward and Mikel sat back occasionally. It was all a bit difficult to work out exactly what was going on. But, again, it's just going to come with, with a bit of practice. Um, so, I think we're, we're probably in, in reasonable agreement that it was one of those games and, and we threw stuff at it and it didn't quite work and it's early enough in the season to um, not be an absolute disaster. If you look at um, Man City Stoke yesterday, you know, they dropped another two points and as, as our theoretically one of our closest rivals for the title. If Liverpool win tomorrow night, we're going to be seven points behind them. No, five points behind five, them. Yeah, five. The same number of games, isn't it? It's going to be tough to bring that back. Really? We were talking about our rivals for the title, so I thought I'd, you know... Indeed, well, obviously Liverpool have Not to be, maybe uh, a rival you see, but certainly most of the British press, once Liverpool get their noses to the top of the table, mm. we'll see it all as done and dusted, won't they? Quite. Um, now... We have a few a few matters to cover and a short space of time in which to do it. Um, Champions League starts again this week. We play Basel at the Bridge on Wednesday. Um, our Champions League group doesn't look the most taxing, but we've said that before and, and possibly regretted it. Um, two teams that we met in the Europa League last season. Um, we would hope that we would um, we would do reasonably well. Uh, anyone going on Wednesday night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Excellent work. Well, we will cover that on uh, the next podcast. Um, Tony, here's your moment. Give yourself a plug. Name um, your charity. Talk about Vaseline. Right. So the, 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 the lubrication comments for our our listener um, are because um, I've uh, decided to um, try and cycle 300 miles in three days. The route is from Newbury... Uh, up to Manchester through various different areas, mostly um, those with a Vodafone office at uh, some point along, um, because that's who I work for. Um, Vodafone are giving us, uh, they, we get three extra days leave a year for um, specific charity purposes as part of our giving something back. Excellent um, work. Whatever. Um, and uh, if uh, it will, I'll be doing it on a Just Text Giving, but there'll also be a Just Giving page at some point. On the ju- Just Text Giving, which I will be plugging um, shamelessly all over Twitter, Facebook, and wherever I can, um, if I get £100 or anything, I get £100 and above, Vodafone will match in funds. Um, right, it's so a exactly. long old bike ride and I've never done anything like it before my most is uh, about 44 miles I did 40 yesterday um, and I've rediscovered the delights of, of Vaseline pseudo creme and hydrocortisone um, but I've not actually drunk a cocktail like that for some time <laughs> so where, where are you applying the Vaseline? where, where is it that's getting <laughs> God, Mark, I think, I I think it's um, fairly um, safe no, to say it's a serious right. question I, I haven't written a bike for ages which bit is actually sore? Um, the, what do you call it? 
Donald the Perineum. Perineum. Yeah, Perineum. Perineum yes. and the, uh, uh, the kind of buttock area on the inside <laughs> and, 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 and various other rather tender undercarriage areas, shall we call them. Um, <laughs> two, two stories, <laughs> two stories spring to mind. Um, even this season, the legend that is Tom Bonin, who I may have mentioned in passing just, once just, or twice. Yes, okay. His whole season has been wrecked by a cyst. In the in those sort of regions, oh, which uh, which he couldn't get rid of, yeah. and um, the legend that is Sean Kelly um, was it? I think it was a tour of Spain, uh, the Vuelta de España. He was in a position where I think he might have been able to win it, or was certainly contesting for the higher places. And he rode for several days, and and his, even his fellow professionals couldn't believe how he managed to do it I think the uh, application of a layer of steak between his arse and the saddle <laughs> was part of it but he had, he had a, a, <laughs> a sore an ulceration the size of your fist down there and yet he was knocking out 120, 130 miles a day yeah so, so you've got, you got to look. You're doing right, Tone. You're looking after that region. So, Indeed. So, well, we'll mention so, I Tone, sorry. Tone, just very quickly, tell us in very, very brief terms how our good listener can sponsor you. And what um, is the charity? Uh, the charity, um, I haven't actually chosen it yet, and I haven't got the VIC code. It will be in the next pod in Shed and all over Twitter. I am leaning towards prostate cancer simply because um, I know somebody who had it. It's uh, a... Uh, I think women's charities get plenty of, of coverage and I think men's charities probably don't and I am in that f- a danger age of, of where it starts to strike people I believe once you're over 50 you're more at risk from it so um, that's the one I'm leaning towards I, I remember I remember listening to Billy Connolly discussing such matters once and he said it's basically the danger that it's going to turn from a donut into a bagel <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tony, given your obvious, given your obvious popularity and Vodafone's undertaking to match funds you raise, Quite. are you in any way worried that you may, of course, bankrupt them? <laughs> uh, I, th- I think with the savings in corporation tax we've made this year, we may be okay. You, you'll, you'll be good for a minute or two. So, it, t- tell us exactly in very, very short terms how we can sponsor you. Um, at the moment. There is nothing there at a place. It, there will be a text code that you get, you will donate. It will be something like TG or Tony Glover or something like that. Um, I will I will freely distribute it across the blog and everything once it's set up. Um, it, it, it will starts tomorrow when we can set the page up and link it into the Vodafone um, uh, system so that the, the funds are matched. Excellent. Well, what we'll do if you are listening to the podcast, whether it be on iTunes or through the website itself. Go to the website, www.chelseafcblog.com. Sponsor Tony, because he's a good chap and his arse is in fucking tatters as far as I can <laughs> So it's well worth it. And we also yes. point out that that's a, as a result of cycling is and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, Peter Crouch denies all knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had to get Crouch. all those days in the cupboard with Pete. Uh, right. So, right. We move on to our final item, because we are running very short on time. Um... Walter Otten, um, who is a chap who is a, a top, top Chelsea fan. Um, I've never met him, but he has written a book called The Red Hand Gang. And a couple of our esteemed podcasters, namely Tony and Donald, have either read it or are in the process of reading it. And they're going to give it to us in 60 seconds each, starting from now. Tony. 
Um, a very enjoyable read, not um, nowhere near what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be um, yet another story of the football factory type stuff or whatever. Um, far more nuanced and subtle with some um, really lovely nostalgic references to a time that I remember well um, and something that I would happily read again. Um, perfect holiday reading. Excellent work. You did that in under 30 seconds. That's good. Uh, Donald, over to you. I appreciate you haven't finished it, but carry on. Um, it's uh, a significant moment in my life reading this book because it is actually the first book uh, that I've ever read electronically. Oh, so nice. Mr. Otten may not be able to claim Nobel Prizes, etc., but he can claim that mine, he can t- mine, my first electronic reading experience. Your digital book. literary cherry, so yeah. to speak. And... Um, as Tony said, it was a very enjoyable read. Uh, I think the thing that struck me um, was that at a time where I'm more and more thinking about uh, how this, uh, as a society, we're viewing the, the dispossessed and the less well-off and uh, those who perhaps uh, don't make their way in the world quite as well, um, this is... and you know, the the voices of perhaps the ordinary working person in this country don't quite rise to the top anymore in in works of literature and so on. Um, This is a book that's written uh, about characters who come from a certain background. The language, the way it's written, the style, the the prose all reflects that. Um, It isn't uh, in any way patronising. It's very genuine. It's from the heart. It's 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 quite cleverly written. It's it's there's not enough time to go into the way it's structured, but there is a, a definite structure to it. It's he writes in a, in a in a very good style in terms of the, his eye for the language of, of of the people he's he's writing about his characters, their interchanges. There's some very very funny scenes. I think the the scene down by the river where they're trying to go through a cow field had me in stitches. Um, there is a, a large undercurrent of, of born-again Christianity to the book. I mean, Chelsea only comes into this as, as woven in because one of the characters or two of the characters are, are Chelsea fans and, and there's memories of, of games that have been gone to and so on and so forth. But it's, it's very much a book concerned with um, people's personal journeys through life, their motivations for why they do what they do, care, a deep caring about uh, the less fortunate in life, both here and, and abroad, etc. And as I say, a very strong undercurrent of born again Christianity. I don't know if the writer himself is or isn't. It wasn't something that I was aware of when I went in to read the book. Um, and that underpins and gives a very good, um, it, it gives a focus to the book and explains a lot of why the characters, the, the three guys who are making this walk down the Thames, of why they are who they are. Etc. Etc. But it's it's right. it's very funny. It's very well written. Um, personally, I think maybe I think he wrote it in two thousand and five. I don't know how much professional access he had to editors and uh, and that sort of thing. Um, he's certainly got a lot of potential uh, further down the line. I would think well worth a read. That, that review um, makes me think of Chelsea actually, because w- when Johnny said to you, "You've got a minute." to quickly mm. summarise this book, is making me think of the dressing room and Mourinho saying to Hazard, I want you to run direct. But actually, he can't... He, 
he does a Pat Nevin, <laughs> and when he gets to the edge of the penalty area, he thinks, mm, yeah. no, I'm going to run back again, I'm too close I, to goal. I'm because run it's not again. a book, as a lot of people are going to think, it's written by someone who watches football, it's called The Red Hand Gang, they're going to think it's about, you know, just a bit of a football punch-up. It's, it's, a, is, very, is, that, that it's a very genuine, like, yeah. very heartfelt book. Yes. It's, 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 and it's dealing with some quite big themes you know it's not always success and i don't mean this in a, a hypercritical way at all it, it happens with any book you read it's not always successful in everything he tries to do but then i believe that's his first novel and and there's no one written a first novel that's perfect but it, you it doesn't get in the way of enjoying the book you know i enjoyed right. looking at what he was trying to do and when he succeeded and when he didn't and you know I'd certainly read. I've read other stuff. He's he's written his his vignettes in in things, but I'd certainly read the next novel he writes. And I think he's writing some short stories, and I look forward to reading those. Yeah, okay. he's got a very individual voice, and if I can use the term, it comes from a sort of working class perspective, and is written that way, and and is genuine um, and skillfully written. Excellent. Well, thank Bizarre. you. Well, I would. I would add that, given that this podcast comes to you free of charge, gratis, with no money and all that kind of thing, you've had travel advice, you've had literary comments, you've had football, you've had any number of other things, and it's costing you absolutely nothing, for which I think you should all be incredibly grateful. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think the most enjoyable advice is probably the application of the Vaseline. Yes. And <laughs> personal hygiene when cycling. Uh, can I say that the theme of ball cream does run through the red hand game as well? I'm not giving anything away, but Mr. Rotten has, is a man who also knows a thing or two about the application of ball cream. So. Well, I think, um, I think we will round off there. Gentlemen, thank you very much. We will. Um, so. Tony will make details available very, very soon as to how you can sponsor him. It will obviously be worthwhile because, frankly, the man is suffering. There is no question about it. Um, Walter Otten, you can follow him on Twitter at Walter Otten, O-T-T-O-N. Um, buy his book and give it a read. It, it's sitting sitting in my well, sitting in my electronic queue to um, to have a read of. Um, we tackle Basel on Wednesday. We are playing Fulham in our hugely anticipated local derby on Saturday um, and numerous of the League Cup starts, there's numerous other games happening, I think we play I think it's seven games in I can't remember how many days but it's probably not enough to play seven games in um, so there's going to be plenty to talk about next time um, on that note I think just one, just one quick thing, John. Go ahead. Talking about that book, I think we should say I don't know the man either, but I think it's Marco Gate Seventeen. Yes. This guy who's because of whatever access he has to these resources, actually got that book published. You know, so it's 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 a, it's think, a yes. team effort there, and it's not something that you know has come whizzing to us from the people who produce the likes of the Drek that Jeffrey Archer and so on have voiced in us. So it's their no, place you're absolutely that. right. Yeah, it's 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 been a, it's yeah. it's a good Chelsea community. Yeah, it's um it's Gate Seventeen Marco who um mm. who is on I think he's on the bookstore pretty much um or the, the store opposite um Fulham Broadway tube every um every match day. Um and yeah, a commendable effort all round. Um so everyone go out, bloody well buy it. Okay. On that note, we will um, close down and um, wish everyone uh, a very fine week and uh, hoping for victories against Basel and Fulham. And um, we will talk again very soon.
Thank you very much. Good night. Have a good day.